Halloween. Welcome to the Gazlicus Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Dan Seaborn, who is an author, pastor, and founder as well. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in to another episode today with Dan Seaborn. For longtime listeners, welcome. Um, so great to have you. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation today. And likewise, for first-time guests and listeners, thank you for, for joining. Glad you found us, and you're in for a, a treat today as well. Dan uh, comes certainly with a pastoral voice and, uh, and presence here, um, but also is leading an or- organization called Winning at Home. Uh, many coaches and counselors who, uh, who work here, and, um, and certainly they have been busy the last few years. We talk about some of the big challenges that we are all facing, um, whether it's mental health, anxiety, depression, or um, sexuality and gender, um, and for, for kids, for Equipping parents, for parents listening today, how you can better address these topics, these challenge, uh, these challenges um, for the contemporary issues that we are facing and have been facing um, these last handful of years. So um, I really believe that you're going to benefit and value from this time today. Um, it's a great conversation and um, I'm appreciative of the work of engaging in uh in the in counseling and in the, the Christian walk, we all need people to talk to um, and to be able to talk through our challenges and our struggles as we know that they will come. Um, but we also have a hope, a great hope in Jesus Christ. And so we put our, our faith in the author and the finisher, the perfecter, who is Jesus. And so I pray that, um, that God may move and convict your hearts in such a way, um, and that you may hear from him as he uses me and, and Dan in this podcast. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dan. Dan, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on, and thank you for joining the uh, Guys Like Us podcast. Tyler, thanks for having me on, and thank you for yeah using your talents and abilities to to minister to guys and to help us all you know grow a little closer to Jesus. That's what this mm-hmm. is all about. That's right. Amen. Thank you. And um, you know yourself, you've been uh, you've been involved in counseling, and as I introduced, you know, been a started started an organization. I've been writing for for uh, many years now as well. And so, can you give us a little uh, background into your early childhood when uh, how, when Jesus came into the picture for you, and and then kind of take us forward on how you started uh, winning at home as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I uh, grew up in the Carolinas, you can tell by my accent. Today I have a cold, so I have a Carolina cold accent. Today. <laughs> but other than that, I uh, grew yeah. up in the Carolinas, and you know, I grew up in a God-fearing home. My mom and dad loved the Lord, especially my mom. My father was mm-hmm. pretty inconsistent. Uh, he was like chairman of the board and all the things at church, but he was very abusive to my mom. Mm. Uh, as a child growing up, I saw a lot of abuse, even tried to get mom to leave dad when I got my teen years because I just I just watched so much abuse, me and my, my older brother, the two of us. And so mm. grew up in, in a home where I did learn about the Lord, but it was a very dysfunctional uh, home. Mm. And 
I'm a pastor. I'm not a counselor. Uh, we have counselors and coaches that work for us, about mm -hmm. 50 of us now here mm -hmm. are winning at home. But mm -hmm. I'm a pastor, and, you know, I had to reconcile a lot of things from my childhood because it just made no sense the way Dad would live and yet what he would teach or what he would preach at church. And so it took me a long time. I sit mm -hmm. here at the age of 61 now, a little bit older than you, Tyler. And, you know, through those years mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. my upbringing, Everyone can tell from their own life, I certainly can from mine, the prism of our childhood definitely defines the way we view most of the things that occur mm. in our lives. And certainly that's true for me, but there's been a lot of healing. There was a lot of brokenness in me. There was a lot of hurt in me. Mm. I didn't see that as clear as I see it now when I was in my 30s and I began to be a youth pastor and, and began to work at a church. Mm. Um the Lord began to show me there was just a lot of hurt and brokenness in my life. I was in accounting before I went into ministry. I was actually a financial director of a hospital. So growing up, began mm -hmm. to learn some financial things, went into the financial world, uh, worked as a controller of a hospital for many years. And then the Lord called me to be a pastor. And that was a huge change. It came from a time of just uh, being mm -hmm. obedient to what I felt the Lord was laying on my heart. But, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've just tried to be very simple man. As we mm -hmm. talk today, you're going to hear that I'm a man who deals with struggles, deals with issues. Uh, I don't I don't hide those. When the Lord first laid on my heart to start a ministry called Winning at Home, I was like, well, well let me get all my kids raised because I got four kids. I'm like, let me get them raised, make sure mm -hmm. they're doing good, then mm -hmm. I'll do that. And it was very clear mm -hmm. the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, mm -hmm. Share your brokenness. Share your pain. Whatever you're learning, be vulnerable and open about it. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I asked my wife if she'd be willing to take that journey of vulnerability because... Mm -hmm. That's a hard journey. Uh, people know your know your stuff. People know right. your crap. I say, and and they right. see it, and it's real. And I'm pretty open and honest about that. And that's one of the reasons, you know, we're talking today because the Salem approached me about writing a book, and I said, well, I will if I can be real, if I can be vulnerable and mm -hmm. honest. And so mm -hmm. that's how I ended up here. Just a pretty simple dude. Grew up in the Carolinas, just trying to obey and love the Lord. Mm -hmm. Live in Michigan now, and lead a ministry called Winning at Home. We've got pockets of winning at homes around the country and uh we're just okay. we're just trying to do what we can to make a difference for christ amen and thank you and i well I, that, that explains your accent i was i was gonna say you said from michigan yeah. i say you're not not born and raised in michigan i don't know if maybe there's a little a little pocket in michigan that's uh no it's that explains it and um and thank you yeah and i, I know you've um from reading a little bit of your story you know i've we all have our struggles and our issues, and I appreciate you you sharing those and um, and, and telling us a little bit about about yourself as well and how you're kind of getting to where you are in, uh, with winning at home. And first on winning at home, and then we'll kind of get more into the book if that's all right. Have you, have you guys been busy the last few years or? Unbelievable, Tyler, and I yeah. don't just say that to say it. So if I go back uh, pre-pandemic, we probably had you know 100, 150 calls to our office every month for people wanting to get counseling, get coaching. We're well into the 200s now, 220, 250. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost doubled. And and honestly, most of the calls coming in right now are related to teens and kids. Uh, that's where a lot of our increases occurred because yeah. there's just a lot of chaos for children right now in our society. I, I, I use this line, there's not a lot of adults in the room. And when there's not a lot of adults in the room, the children don't have clear direction. And that's what I feel is going on. And so hmm. we're trying to meet that need um, in, in the Holland, you know, Holland Zealand area. But we're also, we do it by Zoom. So a lot of people call mm -hmm. to us. And yeah, the, the intensity of that, 
the intensity of what's coming to our office, the calls, the people, the stress, the anxiety, hmm. is just greatly increased. And we're trying to speak the name of Christ and bring his peace into those situations. Wow. Wow. And so you mentioned there's a, a lack of, maybe a lack of presence, a lack of actual people in the, in the house. And can you explain what, uh, yeah, what you've been seeing and what some of the challenges are um, for, is, is it that parents aren't present and they're, they're actually aren't there or they're not present at least relationally, spiritually, they're not in even, you know, they're not engaged. Well, I think parents are scared. You know, right now, as I talk to parents, there's anxiety in them because if they're not finding their base in their relationship with the Lord, they're going to be on some pretty uh, sandy ground, if you will. If you talk about solid ground, sandy ground, mm -hmm. there's a lot of chaos in our society related to all the different issues that are just, you know, clear and present right in front of us. And Mm -hmm. parents are struggling with knowing what, what path am I going to take here when society throws this curveball at me which way am I going to go because if I go down this path it's probably going to call me out it's going to probably put me out there on the edge of the right. edge of the thinking even in the biblical and Christian world and so sure. I think a lot of parents are struggling with their own anxiety mm -hmm. so if that's mm -hmm. true that anxiety just filters right down to our children you know psychologists tell us that one of the greatest ways you give your children peace is when you look peaceful yourself so if children in a home where there's already some anxiety, parents aren't doing well, maybe it's a single parent home, but there's dis dysfunctionality between the relationship with the mom and the right. dad, right. there's just a lot of anxiety that's naturally bred into our children. And that's what we're seeing. Much of the people, many of the people who are coming to us, uh, we find that the root cause of that sometimes is actually what's going on in the home. And so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, our goal is to speak into that and try to bring a little bit of, of peace and s stability into that home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I know, um, you, you started back in 1995. Yeah. And so now 2022, obviously the pandemic has been pretty, pretty crazy, but I feel like there was, I was reading some research, um, on, and even starting back in maybe like 2010 or there, it, anxiety, depression heightened. Were you seeing that as well? And from your kind of side of things? And um, yeah, I guess we'll start there. No, big time. The anxiety and depression among adults, that would be the top two things that people are coming in for. And those are two different mm -hmm. things, by the way, Tyler, you know, That's right. your anxiety and depression, they're two totally different things. Anxiety, uh, we can talk about ways to cope with anxiety, also talk about ways to cope with depression. But those are the things we're also seeing with, with children. One of our right. child therapists right now, her name is Emily. She just finished writing a little book. The book's called Peanut Butter Pie, and I'll tell you why she yeah. named it that, because kids love peanut butter pie, but trying to help them realize when you have anxiety, you know, where's it coming from? And so the P, peanut butter pie, the P stands for pause. The B stands for breathe, and the and the other P, the pie stands for yeah. pray. So pause, breathe, pray. We're mm. trying to teach children, even children. Okay, I'd, I'd say the adults take this same principle, but pause a second. Where's this coming from? Yeah. What's happening inside of me? Going back to that prism we talked about. Mm -hmm. What's coming even from my childhood is bringing this high anxiety in me. Pause for a moment, analyze that, think about it, then take a couple of deep breaths. Right. Look at yourself. Pray. Ask the Lord to guide you. And, and, you know, these are little steps we're trying to help people take because right. um, I, I can tell you, even for me, sometimes I wake up in the morning, the first thing that comes up on my phone gives me a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, what the world? I'm starting my day with this. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty normal, pretty common. And I think what we're trying to do is tell people, you're normal. You're not weird. This is not something crazy going on. 
this is just the reality of the world we live in. And, and United, Tyler, you know, we can see each other here as we're talking. And mm. United, when I said that about you wake up the first thing you see, your generation doesn't even really know what it's like to not be without a phone, not be without, you know, something coming at them 24-7. And so the kids in our world, my grandkids, are, are dealing with that, living with that, dealing with their phone every day. So right. it's just part of the society right. we're in. You, um, I, I, I remember when I had panic attacks when I was younger and was diagnosed with OCD when I was in sure. eighth, when I was in eighth grade and, yeah. um, had been struggling with obsessive thoughts for many years. And the Lord has brought me a long way in that in managing and also finding some freedom and some sure. deliverance from that as well. But know that there is a, there's the struggle is real, my friend. And so, yes. and you know that, so can you, yeah, I, I think it would be helpful to make, to separate a difference between anxiety and depression first. Um, for parents on the line here who are, who are, uh, perhaps some of them have already been, you know, or done their research and are, are well aware, but for some folks who aren't, can you, um, maybe differentiate those two as you, you mentioned? Yeah. First of all, Tyler, let me just commend you for that because I really am proud that you've tackled that in your own life and faced that mm. because I think so often we sweep it under the rug or we pretend it's not there. Mm. And that's one of the first things I want to say to parents who are listening today. If you have a child who's dealing with anxiety and depression, uh, don't try to give a one-word sentence or a one-word or one-will sentence and hope it goes away. Uh, speak into it. Look at them. Say to them, you know what, I'm feeling a little anxiety today as well. Just look, look, help them understand they're mm. normal and right, make right. it relatable. And so that's the first step I'd take. Mm -hmm. Anxiety tends to be something more that's happening in the moment. Depression is a much more long-lasting issue that someone's facing. I uh, went through some times in my life, uh, Tyler, I'll be very open here. I had a, a teenage, my daughter, when she became a teenager, went wayward, got involved in drugs. My youngest, it was horrible part of my life. As I look back at it, it one of the most discouraging yeah. and painful times of my life. And I had such anxiety. My phone would ring, you know, her, her name would come up on my cell phone and I would just have this anxiousness in my spirit. And that's anxiety. But dealing with it, dealing with what my daughter was going through, led me into a long-term depression. So there's the difference. Anxiety is almost what's happening to you in the moment, in the, in the little instance that right, you're right. facing. The depression is more long-term. Depression, you have to, you, you actually said it when you were given testimony to your own life, you have to correct the negative thoughts. The first thing you got to do when you're in depression is you got to recognize these thoughts aren't right. If I was sitting with somebody else telling them I was having these thoughts, they would look at me and go, that's wrong thinking. That's not true. For example, when I was going through the negative depression in my own life, it was, you're a terrible dad. You know, how could you have raised your daughter? And she goes off and goes wayward, like, what's wrong with you? What have you done wrong? You know, and those thoughts begin to overwhelm me and you can't wow. stop them. Wow. And they get so much, I call it the tipping point. They get right. so big that they actually knock me over. And that's where I was at. And that's probably, as you described yourself, yeah. that's probably where you were. First yeah. of all, you got you to gotta connect those negative, you got to correct those negative thoughts. You have to start telling yourself hmm. that this is wrong thinking. And it might, you might need a counselor. You might need a coach to come alongside you and assist you in that. Yeah. Yeah. Very seldom, very few people can knock themselves out of that hole on their own. You know, and I, I'm all about Jesus. You will always they hear that out of me, Tyler. I'm all right. about Jesus. But sometimes Jesus uses those tools of other people even talking to you to help correct That's that right. negative thinker, that negative thinking. And then I think, you know, get active and do something different. When I was in depression myself, struggling as a person, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to do anything. 
Uh, I wanted to lay in bed. Uh, I did my job. I preached. I preached on the weekend. As soon as I get done, I go back home and sit down. And I remember the counselor I was working with me mm-hmm. said something really interesting to me. He said, hey, I want you to go do something that you enjoy for two minutes. That, that was, I, I said, two minutes? That's, that's nothing. He said, no. Go do something for two minutes. And I remember thinking, right. I, I thought, that's foolish. That's just ridiculous. Well, what he knew was probably two minutes would lead to four minutes, would lead to six minutes. He was trying right. to get me up and get me active. And I did that. Uh, you're going to laugh, but I enjoy collecting basketball cards. So I went down. I got my little basketball cards out. I set them on the table, started looking at them. It got my mind off the other stuff, but right. it took an initiation right. of me stepping up and doing it. You know, somebody listening right now, you're in a difficult spot. You're in a depression spot. You're discouraged. You're defeated. Mm-hmm. First of all, I relate to you. Don't mm-hmm. think you're the only one who's been through this. Mm-hmm. And just know that taking that little step of getting yourself active That's right. and doing something, it may seem so small me saying that. It That's may right. seem so trivial, but it's so big. It's why, you know, in Scripture it tells you, you know, control your mind, renew your mind, you're, you renew your thinking. Right. And, you know, Tyler, you should give testimony of that because I think that's what you're saying is what happened with you. You renewed your mind, right? Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a good point. It's, um, I, I changed my desires and my thoughts and my loves as you know, and that's, that's what, <laughs> that's what the scriptures provide. And, and that's what, yes. and, and even activities provide is that it gives you something different. And so that was the initial advice of you need to, you love playing soccer. Um, you gotta, you gotta keep playing soccer and keep going and do it. And And you don't um, feel like doing it. You don't. And when you do it, you're like, at first you're like, this is, I'm not enjoying it. And then you get more sad and you're like, the thing that used to give me love, I'm not enjoying. And, but you just, you, you stick with it a little bit. And that's what I found. And and then my, my, it started to occupy my mind Yeah. and that's what it, it, you changing, you know, from one thought pattern to another. And, um, and that was huge as well. But then also you said something earlier and I thought that was, there was like a struggling with wrestling with your, with myself that I was doing as well. Um, and that was at some point I kind of had to confront things on my own and really take, take those steps to change my thought patterns as well and change. Um, yeah, just where, I don't know where I, that knowing that these thoughts weren't rational, um, you know, knowing that they're real, but that they're not rational. Um, and that was, that was something that was really helpful for me when I was seeing a, a psychologist and a, you know, psychiatrist more so for medication, but for so, psychologist. Yeah. At that time. Well, I think what you said is just being real with yourself. I think so many of us keep those thoughts inside and what really helped me was expressing those thoughts and saying to somebody, this is what I'm thinking. So when I say to somebody else, even saying it out loud, I'm not a very good father. Wait, wait, I, that's not true. I want the perfect father. You know, right. God's the perfect father, but I was decent. I certainly wasn't what I'm telling myself I am. And if you have that prism of your childhood where you struggled with self-doubt or self-value at all, this is exactly where your mind's going to go. You're going to feel like you did something wrong. And and Satan loves to get us in that hole where we feel like we're not valuable. You know, I preached Sunday Mm -hmm. from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that God, Mm -hmm. God chose us. He has a plan and a purpose for us. Uh, We are his handiwork. That's the word in scripture. And so anybody listening today who doesn't think that you're God's handiwork, then you're believing a lie. Something has caused you to not believe that because your own failures, your own struggles, et cetera. And my, one of my big things that I love to teach Tyler is this, you know, if you're a parent, you're a broken person raising another broken person. So just understand you're not going to do it all perfect. And Mm -hmm. and putting that, 
put, putting that perfection label on yourself. Right. We all want to do it perfect, but we're just not going. Right. That's right. That's right. That, that's who we are. We're, we're people who sin. We have our inequities and, um, yeah. And that's going to continue to, to be part it, of it. It's as not well. going to stop. It's, it, we're that's in a right. sinful world and we just got to keep growing and seeking to go toward Jesus. You know, I keep mm. hearing him say to me very clearly in my spirit, just let people know I am the place they can go to find peace. Mm. And, uh, it yeah. seems so cliche is it seems so well you sound like a preacher i'm not trying to do i've experienced this personally in my times of depression mm-hmm. and deep depression anxiety he's where i finally found peace right. and i just encourage you to continue to seek that in your life if that's where you're at today right yeah i know and that that's <laughs> it's funny that's often the prayer i'm praying too is praying to the the Prince of Peace, right? And that's because there's unpeace, and that's why you're praying for peace. You need you need yeah. some, and um, you know I, I think it's you mentioned this when you look at your phone first thing you're waking up. A lot of people are in the same boat. I personally advocate for turning off your phone before yeah. for at least two hours or a few hours before renewing your mind. And in that pattern, that's conforming or shaping you into a a different a different um, view of the world, view of yourself. What are, um, what are some ways that you address technology and also for parents who are wrestling with what age do I allow my kids, I'm sure you're getting this all the time, what age do I allow my kids to start having social media, have cell phones, How are, what are ways we can have, establish boundaries and all that good stuff? Well, I'm going to give a very, um, very specific answer to that, but I'm not going to identify ages and timelines, etc. Here's why. So... I have in my life a discipline that will take me a little while to explain, but I'm going to, I'm going to share it because it's very important to me. I have what I call a listening time, and it's something I developed when I was probably about 30, and a 92-year-old lady taught it to me. I, I, I was a preacher at the time, mm-hmm. and I, I, I read a little book. It's about 40 pages laying here somewhere. It's about 40 pages long. It's not a big deal, but it was her personal testimonies of when she would hear God say things to her, and she would obey it, and I read the book. I'm like, well, this is crazy. Nobody hears from God like this. So I went to, I went, I'm 30 and I go see a 92 year old woman. And I said to her, can you really hear God give you direction like this? And she said, well, have you ever tried? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a preacher. I pray and I read my Bible. And she said, that's such a preacher answer. She goes, you know, most everybody I talk to says they pray and read their Bible. She said, nobody listens. Nobody takes time. And the word of God says, my sheep hear my voice. Well, if you're going to listen to his voice, you've got to be quiet. And she said, I want you to go and sit by an hour for an hour by yourself. Yeah. And I want you to see what the Lord says to you. Well, I did that, Tyler. I went and I said, I did it at five in the morning because I had four young kids. I'm like, I can't do it during the day. No chance. So I sat by an hour by myself, went back to her. She said, what did you hear? I said, I heard birds chirping. I heard creaks in the door. You know, I, I heard I heard everything except Jesus. Right. And she said, "Will you? Would you be willing to do it again?" Well, she's ninety-two, and I'm thirty. I know I'm a disrespect her, so I'm like, "Yes, ma'am, I'll do it again." I did that every week, Tyler, for mm-hmm. nine months, and I didn't hear a thing. So I, I want to. I'm taking nine months right there and, and putting it in a concise, you know, five-second sentence. But for nine months, oh. I heard nothing. And I kept telling her, I don't think I can do this. I just think maybe God doesn't speak to me. And she said, don't give up, don't quit. So I kept listening. Wow. And one morning about five o'clock, 
I felt like the Lord laid on my heart somebody that I was holding a grudge against that I needed to forgive. And I went back to her and I said, Mary, her name was Mary. I said, Mary, I, I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. This person from my past, I, I need to call him and ask for forgiveness. She just smiled. And I said, why are you smiling? She said, God's going to start speaking to you because you're willing to clean your life up. And I was like, well, is that what this means? She goes, well, he speaks clearly when your vessel is fully given over to him. So for a few months, I began mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. clean my life up. And so I, I tell you that whole story to tell you. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I, with our children, even when my daughter was wayward, I would go have a listening time to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do today. I'm right. not sure the right direction to take. So will you guide me? So with your children, I encourage parents, have a listening time. Uh, mm -hmm. Mom and a dad together, I say to them, go and listen to the Lord. Come back and ask him, what age should we allow our children to do this? Of course, you can study and read all statistics. But what about our individual? Because each child's made unique. I mean, I got four kids. Every one of them needed to receive a cell phone at a whole different age. It's just because of their maturity. So I believe the Lord will speak into your life things that you can't even come up with. Like when I was in that situation with my daughter and she was wayward, he would give me an idea and I would think to myself, well, my goodness, I would never have thought of that on my own. Mm. So even related to your children, at what what's the best age for a child to have a cell phone? I could give you an answer, but I would tell you that the best answer I can give you is pray for direction on what's best, what what the, this particular yeah. child, what will be wisest, because you're going to have all kinds. Of, you you go and Google that, you're going to get a million opinions. And I just tell parents, what are you peaceful with? Like you don't mm -hmm. need to compare yourself to that family, that family, that family. What do you feel this child can be responsible with? Can they handle it? Are they able to handle it? And it might be that you say, hmm, this one at this age, this right. one at this age. Now, that's going to cause some inner family struggles. I get that. But the reality is you as parents, you're parents and your children for the long haul. You're not trying to get them to like you when they're 7, 8, and 13. You want them at the age of 30 to look at you and say, hmm. thanks for being a responsible parent. When right. I was a kid, now right. I have the benefactor of a sum of that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would answer that by saying mm -hmm. parents need in our day incredible wisdom. Right. And we have a full chapter in this book that we're talking about here. We have a full chapter on some of the details related to that. But there's so much more that comes into play when it comes to technology and how it affects each individual child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. And that that's... It's funny. I was just talking about that the other day of the value of, we call it here, like at least our church, listening prayer. And it is yeah. listening to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Just in that still small whisper is that it's that we have a three, you know, we do like a three hour uh, every few months or every, okay. and we, it's listening. It's, it's praying. It's taking a walk. It's reading scripture. It's journaling, yeah. but it is yeah. listening, hearing, hearing the promptings of the Holy Spirit from the Lord. Um, and man, so few I, people do it though, Tyler. That, so few people. That's do right. It. That's right. Very few. Very very few. And that's just. And I, I'm and even even as you begin it and try it, it's like you said, you're you're gonna feel like like with me. It would have been really easy for me in those first nine months to give up. Yeah. But I I can tell you, sitting here today, I do it at least twice a day now, wow. and it is it is soothing to my soul. Wow. Because it, it's always a place I can have stuff happen here at the office, brings yeah. me anxiety. I go have that listening time going. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay, which is why I believe Jesus yeah. went away to listen to the Father. That's right. I'm getting chills right now because it's 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 the most clear moments from the Lord have been 
in yes. those moments. And I spoke spoke to a woman just the other day on Saturday, a few days ago, and said, the clearest I've been hearing from God is when I'm in silence. Totally. And so um, thank you for your, your encouragement, but also that the, the encouragement of perseverance as well, because we certainly need that. Yeah, well, it, it's a process. You know, we, we don't do this thing overnight. And mm-hmm. so know that if you dive into that idea, uh, it's, it's a wonderful idea. Probably, it's the most important thing I'm saying to mm-hmm. you uh, in this whole yeah. podcast. The most important thing I'm saying to you is that time with the Lord. And I'm not talking about just going and saying I spent two minutes with him. Right. No, actually intentionally listening for his voice is That's very right. important. That's right. Um, the other thing I want to mention in... Um, you, you address uh, in the book some challenging topics um, in society and culture today, and I appreciate yeah. you and for, for wrestling with these. And one of yeah. them is on a lot of youth and teens are now um, are wrestling with sexuality and gender identity more so than um, in the past. What are some of the, I guess, what were some of the, just some encouragement you have for parents whose children are, are struggling or are, you know, or just to, to have these conversations with them? Um, and to be engaging in, in, um, in, these, in these issues, these contemporary issues that are real. Yeah, they're very real. And I appreciate, Tyler, you addressing them straight on because I believe in the Christian faith and church. We have ignored, pushed them to the side, pretended they aren't there. And I, I tell parents right now all the time, parents, grandparents, I say to them, if you right now in our society, in our culture, if you don't have one of your kids or grandkids come up to you and say they're considering same-sex relationship, et cetera, you're going to probably end up being in the minority because it is the topic of our day. And, you know, when I talk to schools and go into schools, the kids are like, yes, yeah, it's common. It's, it's what we talk about. It's where we are. So the reality is it, it is happening. And so what I try to do is more prepare parents for that. And, hmm. you know, one of our best counselors here that works with teens, I said to her, Sarah, I said, Sarah, what would you tell me if you could speak to all the parents in the world right now? What is a piece of advice you would give them related to some of these type topics and these type issues? She said, well, first of all, you tell parents this. If they have a child that comes to them and shares something like this that they don't even want to hear, like the parent is going, no, I didn't want to hear. I don't want to know this. You know, if they come and share that Mm. with you, she said, first of all, understand what they're saying about you as a parent is pretty amazing. You must be a pretty awesome parent if your child is willing to come mm. and talk to you about the topic. So first mm. of all, parents, if you have built that type of relationship where your kid feels they can come and share with you something they're struggling with, mm-hmm. etc., you have done parenting well. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean this is going to be easy. The second thing Sarah said was, tell them, and I'm putting my hand over my face for those of you who are listening right now. She said, tell them that your face, that this face, don't let it change. Like whatever the kid says, look at them, listen mm-hmm. to them, let them talk. Don't don't interrupt them. Don't freak out. Let them share. She said, you know, one of the reasons teens love to come and talk to me is I don't react. I don't, I don't overreact. I don't freak out. I let them say whatever they're feeling. Mm-hmm. She said many times a kid's just wanting to express their feelings. She said mm-hmm. your mind automatically goes to the worst case and worst possible scenario. And she said so many times it's just a kid going, well, I'm hearing this and this and this from friends and this at school and this at church and this there. And I just need to process this with somebody because I don't know the answer and I don't know where to go with it. So mm-hmm. I want to just commend parents who are willing to have this conversation mm-hmm. with your kid because the ability 
to do that, to articulate your thoughts, to give them foundational mm -hmm. thoughts that are based on scripture mm -hmm. is so big and so important. And we're in such a feeling culture right now. It's, it's like, what do you feel today? And then what do you feel tomorrow? Right. So parents, your mm -hmm. goal and your role right now is to present factual truth back. You can address yeah, that, that. I appreciate your feeling. I have feelings too, but I want you to know the facts, the foundation with which I base my life on. So I think it's really important, parents, for you to do your homework and to know where do I stand? What is my foundation? If it's on God's word, which I believe it should be, what are the biblical truths that mm -hmm. I need to make sure I'm standing on? So your kid talks to you, go, hey, look, this isn't my opinion. This isn't just what I think. This is what God's word says. Mm -hmm. And it's the foundation that will always stand true, has for generations. In Jesus' day, culture was much worse than this, and he stood on biblical truth. And parents just need to know right now mm. when these things come their way. Um, you know, it's so real for me today, Tyler, because I had one of my best friends last week. His daughter uh, came and had this conversation with him, blew him out of the water. He called me, said, can I come to your house? We just sat there and I hugged him. I hugged him and I prayed with him because that's what he needs right now. So parents mm -hmm. who have had this conversation or are going to have this conversation, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. one of the reasons we wrote this book and, and put it out there is because we want to encourage you mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. can get through this season and you can get right. through this challenge of time right. and you can have this conversation with your kid even though it scares you to death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, and I appreciate it. And from what I'm hearing, so, several of your responses, it's the importance of listening well, of being yes. that foundation. Um, in yes. their life, building that that relationship preemptively from the from the beginning, rather than kind of you know as you said, and if if they are talking to you about this, it means that there's a level of trust there, and, right. and that and that is that is so important, and so so important, and and then you know I've been through things. Uh, if I told you Tyler some of the stuff my daughter went through. Um, let me put it this way. When I was your age and I was having these young mm -hmm. children, if you had told me I would sit here at 61 mm -hmm. and I would have my, my daughter's nickname was Bubbles. She was my easiest kid. Mm -hmm. If you had told me Bubbles would go through what she went through and I would have to watch and endure that as a father, I would have told you I don't think I'd have survived it. Like, I don't think I would have survived, period. Mm -hmm. But here I sit on the other side of that thing and one mm -hmm. of the things I'm trying to do is be a testimony to parents mm -hmm. of whatever you're facing today, uh, the fact that you have that trust relationship where they can talk to you. Mm -hmm. And you're building that relationship even deeper. It's a really big deal. And then you got to remember, and I, I'm not saying this is cliche, they're not your kid first. They they are not ultimately accountable to you. They're mm -hmm. ultimately accountable to God. You know, it's just funny, Tyler. Right. It's funny when we would say this because yesterday I was with my daughter. She's now 27 and she's come back to the Lord. And mm -hmm. she's about to go into an environment where... Some of her past probably is going to come back at her, you know, this kind of thing. And I was talking to her about that yesterday. I said, are you at a place? You can go back and do that. Here was her, her sentence to me literally yesterday was, Dad, um, I don't answer to you first. I answer to God first, and I'm going to live my life in such a way to please him. And I was wow. just like, that's it. That's it. Wow. You know, I went from wow. full circle 15, didn't wow. even know where she was at, to 27, wow. she's saying this. Now, I don't like the pain in between those two spots. Right. But some parent today needs to know, listen to me. Mm -hmm. This is going to sound crazy. This is an opportunity for you to deepen in the Lord. That's mm -hmm. what happened to me. Look, I wow. had my ducks in a row. My kids were doing well. My daughter was doing well. When that fell apart, you know, I didn't realize this. 
I had found my identity and how good my family was doing. I had found my identity, how good my relationship was with my daughter. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong place for me to find my identity. Mm -hmm. And when it got ripped away, guess what? My feet got jerked out from under me. But I found my solid ground was Jesus, even when everything else was crashing Um, around me. Well, I should have. I'm a stinking pastor. I should have had mine in the right Right. place in the first place. But I just think parents need to understand your child going through an incredible struggle does mm-hmm, not mean mm-hmm. you're going to struggle and fail and fall. It might be the greatest opportunity you'll ever have wow. to really figure out how much God loves you and loves your kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask for a, a testimonial or kind of a, a story <laughs> of change. And so you answered that question for me right there. And so I, I, I thank you for, thank God for the work he's doing and um, and, and well said. Where, where can we... For folks who are want to uh, plug into local resources or to just to find out more about you, your book, and, and the organization as well, what, what would you uh, recommend? Yeah, so if you just go to winningathome.com, so it's winningathome, W-I-N-N-I-N-G-A-T-H-O-M, winningathome.com, you go there, there's podcasts, there's yeah. resources, all kind of stuff. You can, you can even find out more about our counselors and our coaching who are available to meet and try to talk with people. Our schedule's crazy right now, but we are here to... Mm-hmm. Try to seek the people, uh, seek help from marriage and family, and draw them a little more toward Jesus. Awesome, thank you so much. It's been a, it's been an honor having you on, and I thank you for um, for speaking truth and speaking love, um, and doing both of those, and um, and also <laughs> doing so gracefully. And so, thank you for um, for your time, and look forward to for folks you know to continue to tune in, but also for this book. Um, I pray that it may be a blessing to many. Well, thank you, Tyler, and bless you for taking time to allow me to share it. I hope and pray some listener today, their hearts encouraged as they draw a little closer to the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.